Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Hey, today we're talking with a supply chain leader that is leading an initiative to help those in need in Ukraine and the greater region. Leadership and logistics with purpose and a noble mission indeed. So with no further ado, I want to welcome in our guest today, Maureen Wolschlager, Director of Strategic Projects with our friends at Vector Global Logistics. Maureen, how are you doing? Good, Scott. How are you doing? Great to have you back. Um, we were just talking kind of pre-show about those early days. You're one of, you know, I can't remember your first appearance, but I think it was when we were in either Charleston or Myrtle Beach and we were at an automotive yep. trade show, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and that feels like 27 years ago, right? Because so much has changed since then. Well, COVID made every year feel like seven, I think. So it was, it's probably like 16 years ago. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It feels like it. That That probably, though, kidding aside... That was probably what 2019 or so. Yeah, I think so it was like November 19, 2019. Okay, all right. Well, and since then you made a variety of appearances. We appreciate what you do. You're always a great guest and informative guest. And in particular, we're big fans, as you know, of what we're going to be talking about here today—the initiative that's helping so many people. But before we get there, I want to I want to ask you a fun question. You know, this is we're moving into this time of year. It's certainly one of me and my favorite me and my family's favorite times, right? It's cooler weather. It's just gorgeous here in the Southeast, especially when we get into like October and early November. So the weather is starting to turn slowly, but surely. So for the Wolschlager household and family, what's the tradition you're looking forward to this fall? Well, we really like to make homemade apple pie in our house. And I will admit that I did just return from Costco with about 20 apples. Um, <laughs> however, we normally like to go and pick them at a local farm. Mm. Um, and now that my oldest is getting a bit more independent and proficient in the kitchen, he likes to help. But my husband has practiced this one pie crust recipe many times. And okay. So, yes. My husband is phenomenal in the kitchen and makes bread and pizza dough and things like that, but has perfected this pie crust. So I'll send you a picture when you make it, but the, the pie looks, you don't want to touch it. It looks so good, but it tastes even better. <laughs> Man, uh, but we, we make now. apple pie. I know. I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. So, so pictures or it didn't happen. I love that tradition, especially what you shared a moment ago. You know, there's, it, it may sound simple, but man, taking the family out to an apple orchard, especially one that's owned by, you know, a family. And picking the apples, and a lot of times you'll have like fresh apple turnovers there on site, apple cider. Mm -hmm. It's really a cool, cool thing to do in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we in the spring we also we go and pick strawberries because I make jelly. So okay, the kids pick the strawberries and then they help wash them. And two of them are patient enough to help cut. I can leave them with sharp knives to to cut them so we can puree them and leave them. But yeah, so. <laughs> The apples are different in animal with the peeling and the cutting, but it right. definitely becomes a fit. The eating part, everybody participates in. <laughs> As they should. 
Yeah, right? a little less of the family participates in the cooking and the least amount of people participate in the cleaning, as I'm sure it is in every household. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A little food network here on Supply yeah, Chain Now. Exactly. But hey, you know we love talking about our food because it's a nice departure from all the stresses of global supply chain, all the stresses, some of the tragic situations that are taking place around the world, and that's what we're moving into now. So I want to start, before we get into leveraging logistics for Ukraine, which is this initiative we're going to be really sharing with all of our listeners here, I want to share a few facts first, right? So first up, in the largest refugee crisis since World War II, over 13 million people have been forced to flee their homes, according to the United Nations. Now, that includes 6.7 refugees, I'm sorry, 6.7 million refugees that have left Ukraine altogether. Wow. The majority of those settling, of course, as we know, in Poland. I tell you, Poland, what a generous country. They've really stepped up. Love our friends in Poland. They really have. I'm telling you, it's been a pleasure to work with so many people in the country who have opened their houses and, you know, the, the partners that we've made on the supply chain side have done above and beyond when it comes to working harder. Agreed. Um, to, to help out. Agreed. So if you're listening to this a podcast in Poland. We appreciate all of your citizens and, and that generosity that Maureen just shared there. Now, unfortunately, as of September 11, 2022, over 6,000 civilians have been killed in Ukraine, including almost 400 children. And from an economic perspective, the World Bank has estimated last spring, so this past April, that you, the Ukrainian economy could shrink by as much as 45% in 2022. So, you know, and that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the situation and, and how dire and, and unfortunately, despite some, some wins militarily, you know, the aggressive Russian invasion is set to continue. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really sad state of affairs, but on a lighter note, on a more positive note, right? What are we doing about it? What can we do about it? Well, that's where I want to start with you, Maureen. So our Supply Chain Now team, really proud to continue our partnership with Vector and many others on this Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine initiative. So just a level set with all of our listeners. Hopefully they've heard us talk about this before. What is this project all about? Well, so in, I want to say we started collecting or we started realizing, and I want to say, end of March, and then the conflict started in end of February. We were getting so many requests for information from some of our customers, some of our partners, some of our, you know, shippers outside the country, because they know that Vector really stands for trying to give back and help communities in need, re regardless of where they are in the world that need it. And they're saying, what can we do to help you know, get aid there. What can we do to help the people there? I mean, as you, as you know, things were changing so quickly at the beginning that it was tough to keep up with what was possible. So we started to do at the time it was a weekly call and we were really just getting steamship lines, agents, customers. I mean, I, we had people who went to church with somebody that they, met at Target in the checkout line and we were talking, they were buying aid, like soup. And there was just so much, we were getting people together to connect them and provide a platform to share information about what was going on in Ukraine and ways to, 
to help, given that we are in a position to physically help transport goods. And so that's kind of how it started. We were in like a matchmaking sort of weekly call. Starting somewhere, like, right? Cause, yeah, we had to start somewhere. We're sure. like, I mean, if you think about it, you know us well enough, you know what we stand for. It's like, this is an opportunity where we could really put our money where our mouth is and all of our resources. I mean, right. about all the people, if you take everybody a vector in a 24-hour period, how many people in different areas of the world do we talk to? We can get people on one call who have interest and then share it with one or two other people. That's how there were one or two calls where I think there were a hundred people on from all over the world. Mm. And the intent was to bring people together and share ideas and information and, and ultimately help get aid over into the region, whether it be to Ukraine, Poland, Hungary, et cetera. And what it evolved into was, hey, we said, you know what, Vector is going to sponsor two containers minimum per month for the next couple months to get aid over there. So we wanted to relieve some of the financial burden of this church is organizing the drives to collect blankets and canned goods, or, or these, this company's generate donating medical supplies. But then you, you're in the middle, like, well, how is this getting there and who's doing that? There's this logistical gap, right? That we stepped in and helped with, but then having done that. We engaged trucking companies. We engaged our partner, Hapag Lloyd, and they were offering these, their services at cost, right. which we could then just pass on. Is a, is a big donation. So really big yeah. thanks to our friends at Hapag Lloyd for, for getting behind this, this initiative, right? Yes. I mean, they, there was one conversation that was it that we had to have with them and they were on board with us. It was not a negotiation. We had to go back and forth. They said, absolutely. And so word spread, which was good. And we were able to move a, ha- a bunch of containers of goods. And, you know, there was first aid supplies and blankets and medical supplies and a whole plethora of different donated items. And- so Maureen, if I can interrupt just yeah. for a second. Because I think also one of the things that has been valuable as part of this initiative from the earliest days is you and the team really ensuring that you're putting a finger on the pulse of what is needed, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, t- you're taking supplies in general, but really using your market presence and, and all the allies in this initiative to really get feedback from folks in need of, of what they need, right? Right. And so we, in some ways, we were trying to source some of this these products, but we did, we weren't always successful, but we were like, okay, you need this. And we're going to try and call the people that we know to see if they have it or we can get some over there. But we were also able to connect some organizations in Poland and Ukraine with shippers in the U.S. and make, make some connections that way so they could communicate. And then we helped with the actual transportation of it. Some of it venture donated, some of it we just you know, passed on a cost, but the point was we were actually helping physically move things and get it there. And in the in the process, like I think we had talked about earlier, you know, we we developed some relationships in regions of the world that we don't have a strong presence in. So right. I wasn't shipping a lot or working with customers shipping a lot to Poland or Ukraine or Hungary before the Ukraine situation. And now we have some really wonderful partners there that have worked with us and they're working long hours. And we talked a little bit about on our call 
our leveraging for logistics call earlier this week, but that, you know, the the rules, the regulations, the customs, the paperwork, all of these things are changing so quickly. And our partners on the ground there have been really patient and working with us and our shippers here in the U.S. to make sure that there's no delays, that the product is getting to where it gets to. And, you know, getting to Poland is one thing. Right. But finding drivers and warehouses to cross the border into Ukraine is... is final true. miles, right? Final miles, plural. The final asked, and it's also a war zone. So a lot of the EU truckers were not allowed to go over there because of the conflict. And so there was a lot of extra effort that went involved in. It wouldn't have happened if we didn't have partnerships across. Right. The lines. So, so um, a, a couple quick thoughts. So to our listeners, what Maureen's describing there is almost like an informal marketplace, right? Yeah. Identifying the need on one side and then building a global, a global alliance, global alliances with really a, a community of, kin, of kindred spirits that all want to do something. So I love that. So, and and we're going to get to in a second how folks can jump in and get involved. Secondly, you're talking about, you know, just all the disruption. You know, folks, we had Dominic Love here in the States on a live stream with Enrique Alvarez, of course, with Vector. And we also had, I'm probably going to get his last name wrong, and I apology, uh, my apologies, but David Attic, I believe is his last name. So David, if you recall, Maureen, was a entrepreneur in the, I believe in the technology space, maybe in the supply chain technology space. He put all of that on hold to help to 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 lead many efforts because of the just the immense need. Mm-hmm. And of course, how Poland was opening up their doors. But get this. From that episode, Enrique has has a pretty neat quote here. And I think so. Enrique says, We always talk, and this is a quote, we always talk a big game in supply chain. We always kind of brag about how the world revolves around what we do and how we move things. So this is the time to prove it. Let's do it. End quote. How about that, Maureen? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. I mean, really put our money where our mouth is. We said, let's do this. Let's let's really give back. Let's we we had an active role in making this happen. We had there's no financial benefit from it. We didn't we weren't doing it for anything like that. But then we were able to bring other people into the fold who were also willing to donate their time and, right. and effort. And and so I think that there's really no way to quantify the positive contribution that we had, nor do we, do we need to, that that right. wasn't why we did it or well, why we're continuing to do it. Right. Know? But at the same time, we're, we are going to share some numbers because it is about deeds, not words. And we're going to share a few, some of those outcomes thus far. And to, to, to put what Maureen said there in, I was not a great English student, but I'm going to say present tense because we're continuing these right. efforts, right? Yeah. So it, just to connect the dots, you know, Maureen, I think a really important thing that our listeners around the globe should take away from this conversation is this global community of folks, wherever they are and whatever they can do, even if they're not in position to donate anything, they jumped in, became part of the market intel gathering or you name it. And and I mentioned earlier, Dominic Love and David Otik there in Poland. They are part of this this global community of folks that want to do something. So let's move into, if we could, the outcomes. You know, a couple of months ago, or maybe 45 days or so ago, some of the outcomes and the factoids hit my desk. And it is just, it is just 
rewarding and mind-boggling about how you know what this group has done in, in really such a short amount of time. So, Maureen, when it comes to outcomes, you know, what we're all focused on, as I mentioned, deeds, not words. Hey, share some of the results thus far here in mid-September. All right. Well, we did quantify this, I think, last month. So I'll go through some of that. At the time, in mid-August, we had shipped more than 325,000 pounds of supplies. And that included things like medical supplies, first aid kits, hygiene items, disaster blankets, clothing, children's books, and a lot of other miscellaneous items that have been donated and collected from various communities to add in. Since then, we have shipped about five more containers, and some of them are getting picked up. Now we've had, as most of you that are listening know, that there's been some challenges with the rail and container availability in the, in the middle of the country. So some of these, this product has been poised for shipping for a while. It's just been difficult to actually get it on a container and on the ocean. But since since those, the, that number of 325,000, we've shipped about five more containers of product, mm. all going to Ukraine. And then after our call the other day, a frequent friend of ours, Vladimir from D-Trans in Florida, has called and asked to ship another container of product over to Ukraine that he and his community have collected items for their partner church that they have in the region. And so every month, you know, we continue to get requests for where can we send donations to? What are the needs? What else can we do to to help here? And so while there is a little bit of fatigue with, I think, the focus on Ukraine as other things have started to happen elsewhere in the world and the news cycle has shifted and seasons change and, you know, time progresses. We're still trying to keep a focus on Ukraine and keep it in in people's hearts and minds. And so we're going to continue with our calls, might continue with our initiative in, in terms of continuing to to help get product over there and, and help those. So we got to, you know, that's a, so to our listeners, that is a real threat to what we're trying to do here. It's a headwind, right? It's a big obstacle, you know, not only when the Ukraine story or any story leaves the headlines and leaves the top of each news broadcast. That's just part of it. But, you know, we're also all challenged with some of the economic times of the day. We all have our own stresses and disruptions, you name it, but the need persists and whatever you can do to be part of our efforts to help these folks that have all of that, but they're enduring an awful war, right? We've got to, we've got to break through that obstacle. So Maureen, I love, appreciate the outcomes and the updates, man, five more containers. That's, that's awesome. I appreciate, I didn't mention earlier, but you know, from the get go, Vector had made a financial commitment, you know, what, two containers a month. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, that is, that's deeds, not words. And that's exactly, you know, not, don't want to make this a Vector commercial, but that's who y'all are. And that's what, from the first time I met the team, that's what it's been all about. So let's have you, and you may not have heard any, you know, gotten any direct feedback from the market, but have you heard any anecdotal feedback from some of the folks that may have received, you know, some of what was sent over? So not directly from the consignees, because a lot of them we aren't in direct contact with. There's, you know, a little bit of a language barrier in some cases, and our agents 
down range are the ones that are communicating directly with them. However, the shippers here in the States have a connection to the consignees, right? And so one organization called Course of Action that we did ship a container to Columbia for a couple of years ago, and we shipped one in August. They're located in Florida. They filmed, it took pictures of the product being loaded and put in, and then it recently was received in Ukraine. And they sent us, they put this whole Facebook post up there and I don't think that they tagged us, which is fine, but I'm friends with someone who is part of the organization and right. sent me a WhatsApp link to Facebook. And then I could see all the pictures and everything being unloaded directly to the people that were receiving the goods. And that there is an important piece to that we don't need to dwell on, but it's worth mentioning that, you know, sending things like this, relief items, necessary items for living to an area of conflict. You want to have chain of custody the whole time because you want to make sure the product is actually getting to its intended recipient. Right. And seeing these pictures of the, the product being unloaded from the containers or the truck in case it was transloaded, you know, to the people that are going to actually who it was intended for, for us closes the circle, you know, because for most shipments anywhere, if it leaves the country or it goes somewhere else, Yes, we want to know that it gets there and we want the container returned and we want that whole process to come full circle. But there's not always picture sharing when we're moving goods around. In this case, it's very, it was important and meaningful for us that we distribute it internally because we wanted to show everybody, look, what's, what's happening. And same with some of Vladimir's shipments. I've already shipped a couple containers with him. And we were able to get some product on an airplane as well, medical supplies, that we were able to see a lot of these pictures of the receivers actually getting the goods in hand. And so it's it's a nice feeling to be able to show kind of to our team, like, here's the proof. This is what happens at, at the end of the process, not not normally when we're we're done with it. So we don't pay attention normally for other shipments. This is what we're working for. This exactly. is what we're working for. Yeah. Yeah. And a big shout out to Vladimir and the DN Trans organization. I love the video. They had recorded and shared on social a video of their team, I think, packing some of the containers. Yes, you did. Lifts, you name it. And and you could just tell. It, it, it's, you know, when you can't do things direct, you know, I wish we had a supply chain army that could go in and, and, and make the wrongs right. You know what I mean? All that good stuff. But, hey, if we can't do that, we can at least, you know, work to getting supplies there, humanitarian aid and relief. They're in the front line. So really yeah. big thanks to folks like Vladimir that have jumped in this effort with their teams and, and helped make it happen. Okay. Let's talk of you. Let's talk Marine Wolfslogger. Cause you were just kind of talking about, we were all just talk, kind of talking about how fulfilling it is. You know, when, when you work hard, yeah, you know, blood, sweat and tears go in things and, and, you know, and it gets to the folks that you want to, you know, you all along have wanted to help. How fulfilling and rewarding is it for you personally to be be to lead and be a part of, of projects like this? I love it. I mean, I, I really like to be able to put, you know, my professional expertise or knowledge into something where I can see a tangible piece of good happen. And, you know, I think also you have kids. I have kids. When I talk to the kids and I'm like, oh, look, we're I have to go work on, go do this call or go work on this thing late at night because I have to talk to someone in Ukraine. 
they, they're trying to connect the dots in their mind as well and say, because my kids really don't understand what I do because they don't see containers or, you know, that's can't out really of sight, see. out of mind. And like they don't really understand, right? They see Amazon drive up, but they don't really understand supply chain, right? And so this is, for me, gives me an opportunity to connect those dots for them in a small way, but also kind of show them that, yes, I am doing something that in in the way that I can contribute and help, I know I can't solve it or make it go away, but this is where what I'm doing when you're at school or you're a soccer practice, this is a tangible thing that is helping others. And I do think that's important because you, I, I could try to like lead by example. And if my kids see me doing that, then hopefully they will pick up some of those habits as well. And then, you know, I think that it spreads that way, just like at Vector. If this is a leadership aspect. This is how we operate internally. Yes, we we do things as part of running our business, but we also make giving a, a core principle within the organization and giving back, whether it be volunteering or, you know, we, we do events monthly or quarterly with all of our offices. And so that wouldn't happen without the leadership being part of the solution, which is like you said, deeds, not words, which is how we, we, we live. Agreed. I've seen it in action time and time and time again. Okay. So now we get into the part where we want to challenge our global audience to get involved, you know, and, and folks, Maureen's going to share some different ways, but going back to what she shared a second ago, you know, Maureen is donating her expertise, right? If that's all, if that, and, and that's, that's a big donation. If that is what you're able to contribute right now, even just a little bit of it, we'll take it. If you're in position to make a donation of services or conveyances or transportation, logistics, something like that, great. If you're in position to do product, wonderful. Or, Maureen, if folks want to just join the the monthly planning call and kind of piece, you know, inform themselves of what's going on, you know, gather information, market intel from folks that know, that's fine too. But Maureen, those are some of the things that come to my mind. How else can folks jump in and get involved? Well, you hit most of them there. Yeah. One of the things is if you head to our website, www.vectorgl.com, there is an area where you can click on you support Ukraine. And there you can see a lot of what we've done, but you can also see there's an email that we set up, ukraine at vectorgl.com. And if you can email us and say, I'm interested in this, or do you need this, or what can I do? And it goes directly to myself and to other people, and we will we'll respond to those calls and and emails. The other thing that we are starting is a letter writing campaign to children and families in Ukraine. That we are, we have a huge box that's on its way now of letters collected from an organization in Atlanta that were written to families and soldiers and children in Ukraine, and. We are shipping it to an organization over there that one of, one of the people that joined our calls was from Ukraine, fled to Poland, had a baby, you know, this summer. So she's and this she's Oksana. She's on our call every month and she's connecting us with organizations where we can ship these letters, you know, and then children can read them. And they know that people aren't forgetting about them and that we're thinking about them. And it's um, it's, you know, we don't want you to send money or anything in the letters, just the letters. And so, you know, I'm engaging my kids' school with it. And other people on our team are engaging their communities. And it's just, you know, to have 
paper letter children are writing and we'll it'll be passed out to children our soldiers and families mm. just one way of connecting that doesn't cost anything so we're not doing enough you know fundraiser or anything like that it's just another way to contribute to the collective attention and effort to you know remind the people there that we're we're doing what we can do and and that that sort of contribution takes all different forms agreed agreed love that and there's so, so folks listen to this there's so many different ways you can get involved and you know, it doesn't have to dominate your time you know 10 hours 20 it's nothing like that 10 or 20 hours a week it's you know there's a monthly planning session and maureen the next month we'll tell folks how to get there in, in a second you've already dropped the url the next monthly planning session is what Tuesday, October 18th at 11 o'clock. Okay. And you can go to vectorgl.com and there, there'll be a, a banner that says, let's stand it with Ukraine. And then that's an easy way to get to sign up for that planning call. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And we'll make sure that, we'll, hey, we won't, we won't want to make it as easy as possible. We'll make sure that link is on the show notes of this episode. And, you know, you also see supply chain now promoting these working sessions to try to reach as many folks as we can that um, can help, uh, whether that's jump in and be kindred spirits and, and help plan and, and gate this, the mission, right. And the journey and, and the, the logistics or, you know, position of doing the other things. Maureen, I tell you what it is, this is what we're here to do, right? This is, this is what. We should be doing, you know, global supply chain and all the folks that, are, that make up this global industry are in a unique position to address things like this, right? Yeah. And it the onus is on us. That sounds weird. The onus is on our shoulders. The burden's on our shoulders to act, right? So I love what y'all are doing. I really just, I believe you and the Vector team inspire many others to do their part. And uh, we just, we plead for folks to join our efforts and get behind it and, and try to help from, from where they are. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So how can folks, so we, we've got vectorgl.com. We've got a link in the show notes uh, to join the planning session. How can folks connect with you, Maureen? You can find me on LinkedIn. I don't, I know it's harder since we're on audio and I have a really long last name. So if you well, want to include it in the show notes, yeah, that'd that would be great. Yeah. It's probably, it's easy. That's why I gave you the, all the vector stuff first, because it's easier. People can sound it out phonetically and probably get to the right email address. Whereas if you try and type in Maureen Wolschlager, I'm not sure what you're going to get depending <laughs> on your, how good your spelling is. But yeah, so feel free to connect and reach out to me on LinkedIn. I don't think I have any secret profile thing up where you can just message me directly or connect with me. And I'd love to talk with you more, give you more information about supply chain logistics, Ukraine, you name it, how to make, I can share with you our apple pie recipe, all the things. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I've been chatting with Maureen Wolschlager, Director of Strategic Projects with Vector Global Logistics. Maureen, hey, thank you so much. Really admire what y'all do, and we look forward to reconnecting very soon. Thank you, Scott, and I hope you have a great weekend. You bet. And to our listeners, hey, do what you can. You know, give from what you have. If that's time, that's energy. If that's resources, great. But just join us for one of these planning sessions so you can kind of piece things together and figure out what makes sense for you, your team, your organization, you name it. But whatever you do, on behalf of our entire Supply Chain Now team, this is Scott Luton wishing all of our listeners, hey, Nothing but the best, but it is about deeds, not words. Got to challenge you to do good, to give forward, to be the change. Hey, be like Maureen and Enrique and the team. That's what's needed. 
And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.